Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson today comes from Matthew's Gospel, the 10th chapter, verses 40 through 42. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous person because they are a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of the little ones because they are my disciple, I tell you the truth, they will certainly not lose their heavenly reward. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we gather again to worship and to praise you, to hear your word read and proclaimed, to sing your hymns and to lay our petitions at your feet. And during our time together, O Lord, let us be hearers of your word, but let us be transformed into doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Have you ever been thirsty? I mean really thirsty, like lip smacking, like when you take a drink of water, you're like, ah, thirsty, parched, beyond parched. A lot of mission trips that I would take during the summers, we always ended up doing roofing work. Now, I love roofing work. I love being outdoors. I love heat and humidity, but I've got to tell you, roofing work in the summer is like standing on the sun. It is just hot as blue blazes as it can be up there. And I can remember on one such occasion, we were up there working and we were so close to finishing that we pushed through our last break of the day and decided to see if we could power through and get the last bit of the shingles on. We were successful. But I will tell you, when we came off the roof, we were beyond dehydrated. Like whatever's next, that's where we were. And so I can remember as all of us poured large cups of water and we started to take a drink of it, it was as if we had poured the Arctic down our throats. And it was just this wonderful chill. I mean, it was so refreshing that we were taking cups of water and the water was spilling out all down the fronts of our shirts and our arms. And finally, we dumped it on our heads so that we could finally cool off and be refreshed. I mean, that gift of that cup of cold water to rejuvenate our souls on that day where we had been so thirsty from laboring on the roof. And our text today, it's the final part of Jesus's valedictory as the 12 depart to try their hand at spreading the good news, the gospel message of God's love and grace. See, they have been told that they are going into the world as his representatives, as representatives of the one who sent him, 
our God in heaven. They're told that that righteousness will be rewarded. God's heavenly reward is what they're beginning to figure out, that there won't be a medal or a gold star given to them here on earth, but that they will be given heavenly reward and treatment. And that whoever receives them, whoever receives the disciples and treats them well, even as simple as a cup of cold water, will be rewarded as well. And so these scriptures, these verses that we read today, they are a powerful reminder to us, clergy and laity alike, that we are God's representatives in the world. That we as followers, as disciples, that we are the hands and feet of Christ, that we bear a cup of cold water to a world that is thirsty. A world that is dehydrated. A world that is thirsty for peace, thirsty for grace, thirsty for acceptance, thirsting for meaning, for love, for justice and reconciliation, for righteousness, a world that is thirsty for belonging. And see, we bear that cup. We bear the cup of water that can transform deserts of the soul into tantalizing gardens. We bear the cup of cold water that can quench parched lips so that they sing to the rafters of heaven praises to God. We bear the cup of cold water to overheated hearts so that they might beat once again in the rhythm of God's love. We bear the cup of water to drench lives devoid of the divine so that they might overflow with grace and with righteousness. See, the cup of water we bear to the world is best served when we as disciples listen, when we learn, and when we love those with whom we share it. It is best served when we listen, when we learn, when we love those who we best serve with that cup. See, when people are crying out for this holy water, this metaphorical water that we bear, what they're really saying to the world is that they want to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be recognized. And our Lord Jesus understood this. Think about his entire ministry. It was about seeing people that the world wanted to admit, wanted to deny that existed, seeing people that they wanted to leave in the shadows, seeing people that they wanted to avoid. He saw the tax collectors. He saw the Pharisees. He saw Zacchaeus way up in a tree. He saw the woman at the well. He saw the lepers. He saw the untouchables. But he did more than just see them, though. He listened to them. Let me be clear. He didn't just see them and say, I see you. He took time and got on his knees and he listened to their stories. And that, my friends, is what we are called to do. Not to just see all the people, but to listen to them. Now let me be clear, listening is different than hearing. So often we say when people start to list a list of gripes out there, I hear you, I hear you. But listening is different. The best way to describe it is imagine what happens to you when you get that notice on your computer that there's a software update. And in order to make it happen, you've got to read the terms and conditions and you've got to agree to it. 
How many times do we click the button to the terms and conditions and scroll all the way to the bottom of the page so that we can click it that says, I agree? Oftentimes, when we hear people, that's what we're doing. Scrolling to the bottom of the page so that we can click, I agree, and move on. But see, listening, using that same illustration, listening is reading line by line all of those parts so that not only do we read the words that are on the page, but we understand what they mean. We understand all the implications of what we're signing up for when we finally click the button that says, I agree. See, listening is being focused. It is a voluntary action. It is being very intentional. It's about taking the time to give our undivided attention to someone who is crying out. To someone who's crying out for water and letting them share the depth of their pain, the depth of their hopes, their fears, their frustrations, to letting them pour it all out on the table so that we not just hear it, but that we know it. See, I believe that so much of the pent-up anguish and anger and frustration that the world expresses today in terms of politics, in terms of racial injustice, economic mobility, all of the things that tend to boil up right now could be alleviated if we would just listen to each other. If we would just say to each other, I am here to listen. I am here to listen, so share your heart with me. Tell me what's going on, and then to sit there as they pour it all out. But make no, make no mistake about it, listening is just the first step of sharing that cup of cold water. See, James says in the book, he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And I think no truer words are needed for 21st century disciples than those. I mean, so often we start off to listen to each other and we intend to be very intentional about it and we want to hear all the words and we want to understand them, we want to take them to heart. But as soon as the words start coming out of the mouth of the person that we're listening to, we shift over to Lincoln-Douglas debate mode. You know what I'm talking about. We begin to formulate our response. We begin to formulate our answer. We begin to formulate our advice to them without listening to the rest of the story. See, when we do that, we've quit listening. But if we're going to deliver that cup of cold water, that cup of God's righteousness, that cup of God's grace that the world needs, we not only have to listen, but as we listen to our brothers and sisters, we must take their words into our heart and we must squelch that urge to respond, that urge to debate, and instead we must learn. You see, I didn't say that they were right. Make no mistake about it. I didn't say that their words were the right words, their position was right. But we must learn where they're coming from. We must take their stories to heart and try to uncover the root cause of their point of view. We must try to see things from their perspective without debate so that we understand where they're coming from. It's about asking further questions for greater clarity to gain deeper understanding of discovery of knowledge and maybe even to do some self-study on our own once we figure out maybe where the on-ramps and the off-ramps or their points of view are. 
But here's the secret to learning. The secret to learning is this, that the more we find in that, the more that we do it, the more that we learn, we realize that we have more in common with each other than the awful things that divide us. We have more in common with each other as children of God, as citizens of the global world, as as God's children in the kingdom than we do in the things that divide us. And learning that flows from listening quenches the fire of pain and frustration, of vitriol and hatred which tries to consume the world. And when we learn people's stories, when we learn them in their heart, it paves the way for healing and reconciliation for a community to be built block by block so that the kingdom may grow one by one just because we took time to listen and time to learn where each other was coming from and why we feel the way we do. And then learning sets the stage for action. Our calling as disciples, remember we are a royal priesthood. We are sent forth to act and to share God's righteousness, that cup of holy water, if you will, with the world. We are to act as Christ acts. And if we think about that, how did Christ act in all situations? He acted in love. And that's what we're called to do, to function and act from a place of love in order to change the world around us so that it might be the blessed kingdom that God calls us to build, that God so wants from us. Maybe you remember back to your childhood, or maybe you as parents have uttered these words, but think about some of the squabbles that happen in your household or some of the things that go down and the advice that you give to sort of correct behaviors. Maybe if you have, squ- have siblings that are squabbling, maybe at one point you pulled one of them aside and said, would you treat your best friend this way? Or maybe you utter- heard yourselves uttering these words, would you say those words to your grandmother? Or worship, would you act that way if Jesus was sitting right there? Oh, so convicting, right? It calls into question how we act, how we speak, how we behave. But it's so true. It becomes the yardstick by which we measure our lives. And what if we approached everything in life with this sense of love of God's kingdom, love of each other? What if we embraced each other and we confessed our own shortcomings and the messiness that they cause? What if we tried to change our ways to be better children of God ourselves so that we could influence the world around us? What if we pulled for each other to win in life, realizing that we are not in competition with each other for a place in God's kingdom? Realizing that we're not in competition with each other for God's love because there's plenty of that to go around and there's seats at the table of grace for each and every person all across the globe. See, when we love like that, we are sharing a cup of cold water that quenches the parched souls of our brothers and sisters and rejuvenates the entire land. Our world is hot. 
Our world is tired. Our world is thirsty. And if it needs anything right now, it needs a cup of cold water, a cup of God's righteousness and love. And we are Christ's agents, Christ's disciples, who are bearing that water for the world. So let us share this holy water, this holy gift of God's love. Let us share it by our listening, truly hearing each other, being focused and voluntarily intentional about making sure that all God's children understand that they are precious in our sight because they are precious in God's sight. And we want to hear their story in its entirety by listening. We want to share that cup of cold water by learning, by not so much reacting, but by seeking to understand each other's plight and each other's position, seeking to understand each other so that we might move forward together in love. And as we practice that love with each other through word and deed without reserve, but with an abundance of grace, an abundance of God's kingdom kind of love, then what we find, what we find is we pour that cup of cold water out that all the world is drenched, all the world is rejuvenated, all of the heat is dissipated, and instead we move forward with the holy waters of grace poured over all of us for the sake of the kingdom so that we move forward together in God's righteousness and we receive the heavenly reward of God in heaven. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.